Can we get this recording on? Do you believe in magic? Uh, no, we, I don't. We are live with the biggest pair of air quotes. Hello, okay. everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the Sascast. Woo! Are you sure? Because it sounds like you're starting to opening the Hunger Games. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's fine. I uh, I offer <laughs> or whatever. I don't. All right, so I'm going to give uh, I also you. offer uh, Kevin his review. What? Wait, what? <laughs> you're in a week. Is <laughs> Kevin? Goodbye. Not here. All right, so I am Dylan, aka Halbernot. Is that how you say it? I've been saying Halbernotch for years. Yes. <laughs> Halbernotched? That's listen, dude. That's definitely uh, wrong. Uh, uh, we're gonna divert this podcast to go, go straight to bullying. <laughs> okay. Yes, bully. Uh, all right. I'm Kevin, uh, aka Last Rakshasa. Hey, my name's Matt. I am a panda, a trash panda, or a cicatrix, or, or a cicatrix, or a I, I go by different names. I'm not sure. Many, are many pseudonyms. Uh, my name is Tom, uh, resident Nivrat, or fucking... You know what? Fuck it. I'm just Wolfen, okay? Oh Fuck my god. god. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Please. Wolfen, no! Well, I'm just Wolfen. That's, that's, what, that's the end of it. Also, I can edit shit, so don't worry about having to be like super perfect or anything. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going for natural more than anything else. Don't edit. Don't edit me. I'm fucking perfect. Just edit me out. Yeah, that's completely <laughs> raw, raw, <laughs> unedited. Tom's audio and just remove all. Of it. Rip it. I'll, Straight rip it out. I'll just, I'll just put sensor beeps. Brax, introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Braxton Bakora. Cool. <laughs> And together, <laughs> with our powers combined, we're definitely not as cool as Voltron. We also have other people that aren't here today, but they will be making appearances. I'm sure that they, they are here in spirit, like Malcolm and Malcolm and and Doc and, and Doc. Doc and possibly other guests. Yep. All right. So what we're going to do for today is we're going to the the far lore, if you will, of Far Line. <laughs> oh god! Wow, <laughs> it sounds awful when you phrase like that. But I'm keeping that shit in. All right, cut it, cut it. All right, it's done. Over. All right, so, I mean, he, so, can, he can keep it in if he wants. So, so we've been wanting to set up like the backstory to Sengoku, what we're doing now, and yeah. there is about three campaigns worth of stuff that builds up to that. Yeah. And instead of keeping it around in our notebooks waiting forever, we thought we'd put it into a way that's easy to digest and also would give... Which is a fucking lie. Yeah. yeah. VHS tape. VHS tape. Eight track. <laughs> uh, I thought about using Betamax, but I know definitely no one has Betamax players anymore. Bro. So we just want to be Blu-ray was, Blu was going to win. <laughs> Too expensive. HD DVD. We don't have budget for that. Can't record them. All right. So instead of starting all the way from the beginning, we're going to do the two campaign, three campaigns that lead up into Sengoku. Uh, mm-hmm. Currently, today we're doing Sardonia one and two. Yes, the Kingmaker campaign. Yeah. So followed yes. by Blood Price, where I lost my goddamn mind. Those yeah. brutal Kingmaker rules. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. All right. So so Sard- Sardonia one took place. I want to say like. 2012 13 ish in the summer does that sound right uh yes i I have lost all concept of space time it was Um, shortly after i got back from brazil that sounds about right all right and the reason we wanted to do that it was a summer campaign we were uh, in college a lot of people were missing so we wanted to do some small pathfinders kingmaker rules just got published in their own book kingmaker small (laughs) yeah (laughs) If you can tell by uh, Tom's nervous trepidation, he is uh Man, <laughs> fuck that rule system. <laughs> yeah, we had a great time. So To be honest, uh Kingmaker rules, if you like D D, it's usually because you, you like uh crunching numbers. It's or at least three point five and before. Uh it's a lot of number crunching and that's part of the game, you know. Kingmaker yeah, takes that to the next level. Geralt was just around to fuck bitches and roleplay and all i ended up doing was crying about rolling terribly continuously yep 
All right, to, to set up some context for the tiers. Uh, so the promise of the promise, the premise of the campaign was pretty simple. Uh, the all three of the party members, which were played by Kevin, uh, Tom, and Matt, were given a three-way deed to a little town named Dorder in the basically Farline's frozen Australia. You might throw out a couple of terms about Farline that don't have a lot of context, but we'll we'll focus on them later. Uh, so after they arrive there, they decide to uh, build up this, this small, shitty town into a thriving metropolis, and the hijinks that went on with that. Because before, before Sardonia won, like Sardonia didn't have a lot of lore, did Kevin? Or... Uh, yeah, definitely not. In fact, it had like little to no lore. It was where uh, it was where Jackal was from. That was about it. Yeah, pretty much. So, so the idea was to set something there to like maybe flush it out a bit in the same way we've done a couple of other campaigns. All right, so with that, well, everyone introduce your dudes. We'll just go in the doc order. Let's start with Matt. Okay, so I played a character named Stonefaced Kofu. He Kofu was an, an immigrant. He was from Chusei. <laughs> he was he was from Chusei, um, and he uh, one of his major physical characteristics was that he had been. Uh, savagely kind of uh defaced so like his face was like horribly scarred uh so at all times he wore uh a mask that that hid all of his emotions so uh if you go with an archetype he was definitely a stoic character who uh who spoke about his uh feelings and intentions infrequently uh he viewed i feel like uh his goals kind of in the campaign were to uh, kind of uh, redeem himself in a way, and it's been a while, uh, but he also was uh, partially acting as an agent of Chusei in that uh, he was kind of uh, intending to give up his portion of the land to Chusei. Uh, so, I, believe, I believe that's right. Yeah, Chusei being far line sort of sort of Japan with a lot more like frozen north stuff mixed in. And Kofu actually, now that I think about it, Kofu is kind of the reason Sengoku even happened. Like he is the linchpin that sort of fucked over two nations worth of people. Yeah, yeah, because uh, <laughs> yeah, well, Matt, when you put it like uh, that, when 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 Kofu wanted to give his uh, his lot over, uh, yeah, stuff happened for sure. <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll elaborate more on that later. Uh, next up, uh, Kevin. All right, sure. So in uh, Sardonia 1, I was playing Kane, KS, who uh, at the beginning of the campaign, no one really knew this, uh, but he was actually one of the sons of the Night Lord, uh, the other son being Castle of KS. And where Castle was sort of like physically very strong, had the blood of the dragon, and was like chosen by the Night Lord from when he was born to sort of take over uh, rulership, like basically trained for for command or whatever. Uh, Kane was sort of a black sheep, more focused on magic, joined the Mages Union, and eventually was like exiled uh, from uh, his father's domain because he started falling in with necromancers in the cult of Nazlordu in a way to get back at his father. And he ended up going north to Sardonia with uh, a piece of the deed to the land. And his whole idea was to get free of the grasp of the Night Lord and to pursue his own research into magic and into necromancy and sort of make, make something uh, for necromancers everywhere to have a place to be. Because... In Kane's belief at the time, he wasn't actually necessarily evil. He believed that necromancy had its place and that it was also uh, a knowledge that should be taught. He always believed knowledge was power. He was a tiefling, right? Uh, he was, yeah. 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 That's interesting. Yeah. Does does KS stand for Killsteel? No. Uh, <laughs> fun fact. I was actually about to say this. Fun fact. KS yeah. came from yeah. my character OG. Uh, yes. Killed a king. I'm not gonna get into the details because it's for another pod. But killed a king, <laughs> Kingslayer. Yeah. K.S. Literally, Kingslayer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I was close, actually. Yeah, actually. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, because he, everyone was calling him Kingslayer. He was Bakora Kingslayer, and he just was like, "I'll, I'll just adapt it. I'm, I'm K." Actually, he wanted to be called Bakora Kingslayer. The, and the yeah. next, the yeah, next noble line, real. the he next noble that. line will be KKS. <laughs> <laughs> King kills King King Stealer, uh, Kill Stealer. Yeah. Oh, oh my. God. That's pretty funny. I never knew that. And yeah, that whole bloodline is descended from Braxton's original character, Bakora Chaos. Yeah. Right. Which we'll get into that in a later podcast, and we can explain how one barbarian fucked an entire nation with Two atrocity. Yeah, <laughs> I would say oh, several. Well, I'd say every well, nation to some degree. Bakura has a lot of his hands. Is he's created every. He's done a lot. <laughs> Got a lot of fingers and a lot of uh, family trees. His, his dick is also the most dangerous weapon in Farline. He had a, t- a spear that could stab people into time. So the night blade. The Nylord is the ruler of Dorminia. How does is it known how many sons he has? Because Cain oh, was his youngest son, right? Well, they're twins. Oh, oh, okay. Castle yeah, and Cain so are twins. Okay, all that's right. right. That's right. And and does he have any other sons, or is that known? Uh, it is not known. Ah. Ah. The fact that he's a tiefling that that seems to suggest something, right? Right. <laughs> Whatever would that mean? Uh-huh. I mean uh-huh. that I wouldn't at all be surprised Kara's sticking his dick in fucking devils and shit. Well, so. yeah. Is Karis himself a tiefling? Uh, well, he's not really a tiefling. He's not really human. Something, probably, yeah, right? Something, yeah. right? Stuff, stuff uh, happened. Deep, deep lore. Okay. Again, another thing that's from a different campaign. <laughs> All right, I so. feel like all I feel like a lot of Cabin's characters are going to be overlaying different campaigns. So uh, my uh, my character was uh, Geralt El- Elson, El- oh, or Elson. He's here, dude. Um, Elson, I believe. Uh, Geralt Elson, uh, who was a bard, who just so happened to uh, win a deed to uh to sardonia uh from a poker game so (laughs) he uh ended up just basically like getting drunk and wandering around because uh sometimes when you're a battle bard you just gotta do that he ended up in the north with uh kofu and uh and kane and uh basically became like the figurehead uh like leader of um of Sardo or of Sardo or Kelda. Uh became the figurehead. We're, uh, we're going with Sardonia now because it's not copyrighted. Oh right. So uh <laughs> Sardonia. Wait, what is Kelda? It, it's like it used to be it's like magic copyright. It used, to, I think. it used to be Kelden, but Kelden was a big important continent and magic that still reference yeah. from time to time. Yeah, yeah. Which I didn't know existed, so. Um, okay. But uh, Geralt uh, basically just ended up kind of just being the mouthpiece for the party. And uh, he... His biggest uh, contribution to the Kingmaker campaign was uh, having an heir. Yeah. That was about it because well, I mean he was the king because he, was, he had the most charisma. Yeah, yeah, he was the bard, but he was young, right? Yeah. Uh he was also an Azimir. He was young and an Azimir, so he yeah, was gonna yeah. be around for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I remember he was very unhappy. Yeah. He so... was like uh <laughs> he ended up being like the uh Dad, single dad of Sardonia. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, I think my characters were real sad. I think, Kofu, I think Kofu felt his unhappiness and tried to be like a father figure for him because Kofu was by far the oldest. Yeah. Ko- but Kofu uh, ended up having to deal with age brackets, I believe. He did. He yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. Because to explain Kingmaker for anyone who doesn't know, it's. Basically, you build a kingdom and it increments in months. And it has like its own character sheet, little stats. And every month you do some rolls to see how she gets fucked. And also there's like little events. So the fact that Kofu started old, which normally isn't a huge deal in D&D, you just put your age down and then maybe some penalties if your party gives a shit about those. 
but like we were actually aging through like years so it became yeah. kind of relevant we got yeah. to a point where we're like shit is is kofu gonna die of old age <laughs> yeah <laughs> was it just you three yeah yeah, yeah it was yeah oh, for some reason i thought doc played in this one as well Nah, i think he was probably back home for the summer yeah oh. this was um this time i think we were because uh, because I, I was commuting back and forth i believe yeah yeah you were yeah. that was rough and then matt already had a house that he like rented owned and yeah. we, oh no yeah we we rented yeah and, and then me and kevin stayed during the summer i think this is probably also somewhere we just did nothing but play monster Hunter three which is fu- <laughs> uh fucking red yeah Sounds about right. And uh, I was off in exile in the frozen northern Indiana. <laughs> yep. It would be many years before we reunited with Brexit. No, no, it wouldn't. It was like later this year we started playing Thrones. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so back on Geralt, though, what was yeah. his like fighting style? Sorry. So he was 100% a archetype class for uh for bards that it was like uh it was like a battle or like a battle steward or a battle herald that literally their whole thing was like buffing your teammates um buffing your teammates during battle which you know he did fine like he was good at it but the problem is it basically made it kind of like a single class bard that was basically a multi-class bard. So he was pretty shit, or he was okay at everything, but that was about it. Yeah. Everybody else pretty much outshone him, um, except for just, um, well, like with good bards. Narratively, he uh, he did a really good job of actually doing the diplomacy stuff that we needed. Well, that's yeah. debatable, right? <laughs> well... <laughs> And, uh, he did. Hey, he did try. He, he, he did try, and he definitely fucked his way into an alliance and giving us a uh, super strong uh, leader for our next campaign. Yeah, yeah. And if I remember right, Kofu was a samurai, and Kane was a Magus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kofu was a samurai. He, uh, I think, I used the uh, what's the two-handed spear samurai. Uh, Naginata, I think. Naginata. Yeah. He yeah. used a Naginata. He did the five foot stepping. Like, uh, he was very, for being old, step he was very. And step up. He was very mobile in combat. Yeah, and Kane was a Magus. Uh, yeah, we, we, uh, we had some good synergy, I think. Yeah, for, for a three man party, I, I can't remember if I actually had, like, helpful NPCs. I don't think so. I think you guys were just pretty much able to do everything as a three man. I think, uh, if I remember correctly, we actually ended up. Um, at some point we ended up getting, uh, each one of us got like a companion, uh, like via like the leadership, like we all got the leadership feat. I think we did. Um, I think so. Yeah. I, I could not as a baseline you. because we were like, we literally don't have enough people to fill the slots for Kingmaker. <laughs> that, that's right. Yeah, oh that's right. yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's like we didn't have enough people, and we also didn't have like enough like logical access to like quality oh i uh, quality staff i think i remember my uh i think i remember my cohort he was the ninja he yeah. was a, he was oh, a ninja what, yeah i th- i remember what was him. his name he threw daggers i think his name was like uh he threw, he threw throwing stars yeah because you did the thing where you abused the Wasn't strength it and con damage I think it was Kenfu. Kinsu, yeah. it was Kinsu. Kinsu. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Kinfu, I think it uh, was. Kinfu, it was Kinfu. Yes. Yeah, yeah because you're like Kofu. Fuck it, Kinfu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, it was Kinfu. I totally forgot about the leadership. This is also uh, gonna be a podcast of me, of uh, people telling me things that happened in a campaign I ran. <laughs> 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 Trust me, dude. But yeah, I, I distinctly remember Matt being like, hey, check this out. So he has like six attacks, and each attack does like one or two strength damage. I'm going to hit yeah, all he, of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He also had... Um, he had the weak points. He had the pressure points uh, yeah, yeah, monk, yeah. monk ability. Well, so when he, when, he, when he sneak attacked, or I don't remember, he, he did like strength or dex damage, yeah. He had flurry of blows and two-handed, well, two-weapon two fighting. So yeah, he, had, he also had the, the fucking mist mail. 
that he used oh, so man. he could sneak attack in broad daylight. That's right. Yeah, he had the in, mist in mail. the open. He would just use this mist mail and uh, basically just uh, like make his own cover to make a stealth check. And we were shit at that point. We were like seventh or eighth level. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the party and, ended up cracking over like ten or twelve. Yeah, we we definitely didn't crack ten. I think we ended around ninth level. That's, That's right. That sounds right. Yeah, so both my characters were were definitely Chusain inspired. Um, yeah. yeah, that's right. Unfortunately, I cannot remember Tom's. I guess we can ask Kevin when he's off his uh, work call. Yeah, he might, yeah, he might um, remember. I honestly can't remember who my companion was. But regardless, uh, eventually it became necessary that we just had to have like the leadership feat to make it so we could function like at a certain point. Like, because... For those that don't know, uh, Kingmaker rules. Um, essentially, each uh, like each function of the kingdom uh, can be like modified by a uh, by a character's rolling to do it. Um, if you don't have a character rolling to do it, you get fucked. Because I remember huge ass penalties if you leave a yeah, slot open. Like you get basically you get your settlements uh, bonus to it. But the thing is, your settlement bonus is like the least part of your of your like bonus when it comes to things like that. Most of the time, it's like even like the good ones, uh, sands maybe are stability rolls at the end because I was so shit. <laughs> um, like most of the time, they're only like plus four, plus five. When you're rolling for targets, they're like you know twelve. So there were a lot of times where you really needed to have people there. And we just like, you know, three man group during the summer, like we weren't going to find players just walking around. Yeah. So, uh, I, I think you guys we, had just like some like shitty filler NPCs until you got your leadership. And then you just plug those spots up with like good characters. Yeah. Uh, we did have like an innkeeper who ended up being an asshole who fucked us over later. Cause he was a massive fucking drug dealer and then started a rebel faction. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck that guy. That was fun. Alright, so sort of what I remember chronologically, I'm I remember the beginning and I remember bits of the end, and then the stuff in the middle happened, but just kind of in a random order. So feel free to chime in and correct me for some shit. So eventually when the Ferrari first went to Dorder before they even became friends, they were accosted by a bunch of Sasquatches that they actually <laughs> They were supposed to, I was just looking for like, all right, what's this CR2 thing they could find that makes sense up north? Sasquatch, uh, perfect. I still remember the fucking intro, uh, fucking, as we were riding north to, <laughs> to Dorder, of you describing the the passing by of the majestic galloping snow sloth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember that too, Yeah. <laughs> The majestic snow sloth galloping across the plane. <laughs> Such a beautiful resolution. Oh god! And yeah, I mean, man. shit. Like, ended up making most of my uh, my like home like carpets out of those fucking snow sloths. Oh yeah, definitely. They're useful Kevin. for many resources. Matthew, mm -hmm. you you remember? Did we all have uh, cohorts? Do you? Do you remember? Because I think Kinfu was was the cohort of Kofu. And do you remember if uh, Kane had a cohort? Yeah, um, it was the Necromancer, the Necromancer girl. Um, I'm trying to remember her name. In fact, I have it written down. Let me look it up. Look at Kevin being more prepared than I was. I yeah. try to, to look for my notes, but I think at one point I had the city records for like, for not like Dorder, but for like the little splinter villages you made, guys made. I'm like, hey, I probably don't need these anymore. Now I'm doing a podcast. Uh, was it Velen? Was that the name of the other? Because so, I, honestly, I was thinking about it the other day. I cannot remember the name of the place so, that had the arena. I just remembered yeah, his arena. Yeah, Velen, yeah. yeah. Velen, yeah, Velen. Or no, Velos. You mean Velos. The Velos. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Velos was a city with the Colosseum. That's right. And uh, one second, one second. Nothing bad happened there. Well, while, you're, while you're looking it up, so for the Sasquatches, they're, they're supposed to be just like chumpos, but the party actually ended up befriending oh. them. It's, yeah. uh, it's Morgana. I'm Morgana sure. was your... Was your yeah, chumpo. Morgana was my cohort, and she was... Uh, yeah, she was a necromancer. She was a cleric. 
uh, of Nuzlordu. It's yeah. totally fine. Of course, yeah. And uh, is that a Matt part? Matt's, Matt's cohort was uh, uh, Kenfu. Kenfu, yeah. The, yes. He was uh, Spy Monk, Master, Ninja Monk Master Ninja. Kenfu. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you, pressure points. Yeah. <laughs> we all remember the pressure points. Now the pressure points are sure kid flurry. Who is who is Geralt's companion? If you have it written down. Uh, Geralt, I did not write down his companion. Ah, he didn't matter. He was yeah. probably an administrator. I'm pretty yeah, sure he, he took a companion almost purely to run one of the segments of our Yeah, I, and he <laughs> was so completely <laughs> forgot him. Yeah, I don't even have him written down, honestly. He wasn't important. He, he was there. no personality, 100% function. It's just yeah. not there. Um, <laughs> he's like, hey, boss. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Get back to work. <laughs> Get, Get back, back to your cave. Get back in your whatever you're doing. Have you figured out the drug problem yet? All right. We should, we should get into the drug problem. So... So after they get to oh, Dorder, after they befriended the Sasquatches, they met some dwarves who were breaking off from the monarchy and became tread friends. And then yeah, I, the I, uh, the werebats, those yeah. fuckers. Yeah. So I have the four great threats, and I think I'm I'm gonna list the one that's probably affected the campaign the most, which was god awful fucking rolls. And then we'll work yeah. backwards for the ones yeah, that are actually intended threats. <laughs> okay, so so the party yeah. So the party rolled pretty bad, and when you roll pretty bad in Kingmaker, like your settlements take some hits, like your more crime will happen, and this kind of happened a couple of times, and eventually spiraled to the point where uh, the a drug den formed, and the drug den gives a huge penalty. I think Tom like failed the roll like six consecutive times or something the entire summer yeah yeah like yeah. I, all right i'm gonna i'm just gonna let loose <laughs> <laughs> this, this this is why we're doing sardonia one to, to feel okay. tom's pain again literally six weeks six weeks we had know. multiple stability rolls for over that time period i didn't roll over 10 i didn't roll over eight the entire like six week period, like the party yeah. started min maxing their settlement to make the rules as easy as possible. And all right, here, here's here's my favorite bad rule. So Tom, when I finally fucking broke. All right, actually, I'll let Tom describe it because. So, you know, it's been like you know, it's been fucking six five five weeks of this. I'm like, this week's my week. He's we literally min maxed our stability to the point where I just have to roll. It was a three, I think. A four, four. No, it was it was a four. Yeah, I needed to roll a four, a <laughs> fucking four. So you know, like I'm, I'm like literally don't even remember what else was going on that night. Don't remember what encounter. Don't remember anything. All I remember was dreading the stability roll that I knew I was gonna have to take. And so kids are out to the end of the night where I need to make this stability roll, and uh, everybody like we're all talking. We're like there's no way like we it's like four it's like four plus like it's like so astronomically impossible that you fail this <laughs> and so i go to roll it i'm thinking yeah this will be fine i roll it i roll a motherfucking two <laughs> and i then like knowing that everybody was paying attention i still was just like yeah. It was perfectly flat dice. I was just like, I oh, that's a cop die. I'll roll I it again. I with my eyes. Yeah. And I, I, let, and I let him re-roll it because I could smell the pain leaking from his there body. There were tears. It was palpable. Warming. The chances of that, the chances of that's like three and four hundred or something, right? Something like that. The spare was like physically yeah. thick. Yeah. And then, and then I pick it back up. I'm like, okay, fucking got away with that shit. Let's just get a four. And I rolled a fucking one. <laughs> I just stopped. You rolled even lower. You just went outside after that. I just <laughs> stood up and walked outside. So, I was like, I'm, I'm fucking done. I'm just, just what imagine the fuck is this Geralt, shit? This incredibly charismatic bar, Gerald. I literally like, talked the Sasquatches into being like yeah. my familial line guardian. You the giants. You married a giant princess. 
Like, like you formed guy, all these like, diplomatic was... alliances, but when it came to administrating your own goddamn kingdom, <laughs> here's here's Stoneface Kofu yeah. and Magister Kane whispering in the background, like Jesus yeah. Christ, I hope he doesn't fuck this up, please. Don't yeah, fuck this up. How's he gonna fuck like, this up for us again? It's like this... not wearing his pants, like what? <laughs> now there's like... drugs. The segment of the government that Kofu and, and Kane were running were just like running super smooth, and we're just like, we just need you to tell us, we just need you to pay the bills. Like, yeah. like we literally, next. listen, all I need you to do is sign your name on this line. Yeah. This line? No, no. God damn it. The, the best part, too, is the, I'm pretty sure the failure consequence for that created a second drug den. And yeah, that, it, that, it created that, a second drug den in the other city. The drug den spread. And, and, and that, that became a major, a major yeah. part. And, and yes. that, at that point, I literally like, all right, I have to write an adventure to bust a drug den because That's these right. chuckle fucks will not roll their way out of a drug den. That's right. Because I tried one, one so drug, hard. One drug did, I, I forget the exact penalties, but they were pretty steep. Like they, it, yeah, a crime, like one, crime like a, out. It was like a minus, like, uh, it was like a minus five to like your, uh, to your economy rule, which basically took like started taking build like an enormous amount of build points away from you. Yeah, and then um, when the second one brought up, they're basically were on the verge of collapse. Like if they didn't deal yeah. with the drug den in like a year. There's gonna be no more Sardonia. Yeah, it was sheer fucking insanity. I, I'm trying to like figure out what the chances of that are, because like I think rolling a one into another one is like one in four hundred or something. Yeah, it's, I sli- think, it's like, slightly above that, but not by much. It's... I just I couldn't fucking believe it. I, like I literally went outside and smoked like an entire pack of cigarettes because that's just so fucking floored. Honestly, became the most memorable thing about this campaign, which tickles me. Just honestly, it still fucking triggers the shit out of me that like, anytime like people start making jokes about roles, I'm like, really, really. <laughs> it's like motherfucker, don't don't even start with me. Yeah, there were there were some other pretty big things going on. Yeah, up at, up in the north, right? So, yeah, yeah. So some of the threats that were like actual scripted things that I remember happening. I remember there's distinctly there's a family of werebats, and I think they were the ones who were like bullying the Sasquatches. Yeah. And I, I don't actually remember much of them. I remember they traveled around a lot, which made finding them annoying. And at some point, you guys chased them down to a barn. And yeah. that was Lord or Lady something would. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I remember the debate where you're like, all right, they're in this barn. We should send our army to get them. And they're like, no, they'll just slip away. So far, it's like. You mean uh, the Tardales? Yeah. yeah. The Tardales, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so and the, it's important because the, tar, the Tardales are like a really important part of, uh, of Sardonia too, actually. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And uh, if I remember correctly, I, I remember the conversation going, uh, if we send in the army, they're going to get away. And yeah. then the other, the counter argument to it is like, it's a hundred level one fighters. They're going to crit sometime with a longbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because eventually the party were raised armies, which is why also made the drug den dangerous. Because if they ran out of money, they couldn't supply their armies, and they lost. Yeah, the armies, the armies are going to rebel, and then the kingdom is going to literally fall and crumble to pieces. God, God it just fucking wrecked my soul. Yeah, I, I remember we did send the army after them, and the longbows were not effective. No, yeah, they had because they were fucking werebats, and they had damage resistance. Yeah, of course, of course, they had damage reduction. Yep. I think what we ended up doing was like we just basically said that like any crits would actually deal damage to them and just like roll. I think we just like rolled a uh, hundred d twenties to see how many actually crit, and it wasn't even nearly do, enough to kill them. I do remember actually fighting them. Yeah, we, we did fight them. That's why. Yeah. That's why yeah. I think. I think you guys did literally chase them to a barn, and then you guys just went in yeah. and handled them yourselves. Well, it was like I don't I think, think we killed them. I think they got no, away. They got away. Yeah, they did get away. away. They yeah, got they got away, away from the barn. Died, that was the oh, thing. Shit. That's Lord right. Cardinal got away. That's right. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he came back in in Blood Price. Yeah, he came back in Blood Price as like a major antagonist. Oh shit, I didn't know about this. All right, I'll be. Hey, if we do a Blood Price uh, podcast, I want to listen in on that shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, stick around. Maybe it'll happen. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, so other other than the werebats, which were taken care of, there was also frost giants because uh, to the south, there was a big port city that I almost think was just called Jarlsport. Maybe it, it was, was yeah, it was called Jarlsport or Jarl's Rest. Real, no, it was Jarl's no, it was Jarlsport. Yeah, sure. Wolfen's Rest. Is it was it was ruled by a frost giant Jarl and his several sons and his beautiful yeah. lady daughter that Wolfen. Yeah. Uh, what was his name? Jarl Blood. Uh... Blood, blood deck, yeah. uh, or like hoarfrost or blood frost or yeah it was it was definitely something edgy like that yeah, sure. yeah. he wasn't a nice dude um, but i don't think he was actually like the party managed to parlay with him reasonably well and weren't just like wipe the fuck because I, yeah, I distinctly he, remember yeah. at one point he lent some of his sons to your guys's army to fight the undead yeah, I yeah guess, but it was yeah. his shit lord son who didn't know what the fuck he yeah was i'm doing. pretty sure i'm pretty yeah, sure that guy yeah. died <laughs> yeah yeah he did yeah but uh yeah. The big, the big thing from that is that I'm pretty point, sure we actually let him die too. Like, I think so. I yeah, think so too. Because sure. I think sure. the idea was that look, the more of his sons died, the more that would. Because like you guys were going long, are you guys could steal. Yeah, yes. long, long right, term play. Because you, because Wolfen married his daughter, Correct. which is funny. Because Wolfen, or, I mean, Geralt, 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 yeah. Wolf and Wolfen's mom, yeah, yeah. Geralt, not a tall man, daughter, full blooded frost giant. But uh, at that point, Geralt. Didn't he yeah. have like the gear that made him into like frost giant size? I no, think he so still had to get he was it. Working on building it. Yeah. Oh. All right. So you had to just scale so, that mountain to produce the sun. Yeah. So, so like Wolfen was like working on. Uh, he was working on uh, with Kane, working on getting this uh, mask of giant kind. Geralt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Geralt. Uh, was working on getting this mask of giant kind so he could be tall enough to uh, <laughs> to ha- like to consummate his marriage yeah. with his uh, with his wife. Yeah, yeah. He like and part of that too. Like once they were like working on that, they're like, well, you know, if like one of the brothers, if I remember correctly, was quite the dude bro uh, kind of frost giant, where he's just like, I just want to go off and fight. Uh, fucking frost worms or whatever um i'm just i'm pretty sure the second one also had like very literal brain damage he was he was real yeah. dumb if i remember right he was real dumb and um did not know what the fuck he was doing weren't weren't the frost giants at war with the uncrowned the dwarves mm, i don't remember i know they weren't active raiding I, I think they were not a fan of like the actual because like to the west the east of them the west uh, yeah I said west hedge my bets so I thought uh, to the east of them there was like a big mountain range where the dwarves live yep. and the uncrowned yeah. were like the little splinter group who were friendly with the party because they were both like new civ- like civilizations well, so like yeah let's hook up I think the uncrowned were actually uncrowned like first thing if at least the way I remember it. Is that they've had a fall? Like it, I think it was a whole clan, but I think they had a falling yeah. out with the dwarven yeah. monarchy, who were like, yeah. "Let's not interact with anyone." And these guys are like, "But I want right. to trade." Right, right, exactly. I think it was after we established uh, uh, Velen that um, they came to us because uh, we were wanting to like build like a trade path, and but like yeah. the other dwarves up in the area were like, um, "Fuck no, nah, we ain't gonna fuck with that." And they ended up making a trade deal with us, and we tied our tied ourselves together. And Vels became fucking rich. Yeah, yep. rich they, they did a lot of trading. Cause oh my god, the thing, that, the thing that like uh, the thing that like uh, we often kind of forget too is that there was actually a mithril mine too near Dor. Yeah. I think the yeah, mithril yeah. came first, honestly. It did. It did. Um, it's kind of what put us on the map, and then the adamantine in the mountains was what, like, uh, what we kind of got known for, I guess, because they became such a quintessential part of our community. I think I might be getting it confused with the mithril, because, yeah, you're right, it was like the mithril mines that were really, really big. Yeah, because uh, I think that what we did to clear that out, too, is we, uh, we went in and, like, Beat the shit out of a young white dragon. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. We yeah, did. we did. I think we rolled that too. Like the yeah. the the mithril mine getting generated was uh, like yeah. off of the kingmaker rules. I think so, I think. Yeah, and that is like one of the only reasons why the Yomi even cared about yeah. Kelda. 
So, yeah. so, so, so next to Stoneface Kofu being born Chusein, that's the other thing that sealed the fate of Yeah, and also it's like fucking free real estate, so... Okay. Yeah. All right, so... I mean, not only is it free real estate, it's also like, I mean, it's across an ocean, or but but it's like, it's local. Like, it's the, it's the next closest northern continent. It's actually quite central, like, to the world of Far, far Line. Yeah, uh, in the sense of it, just like it's near pretty much everything. Yeah, it's, it's pretty huge. Like instead of having to go across the sea, Chusei could just go north and just hit them pretty quickly. Yeah, especially after the party wedded their way into Jarlsport, which uh, did the did the Jarl did the Frost Giant Jarl have a relationship with Chusei at that time? No, no, he was straight up yeah. basically told everybody else to fuck off because he was Jarl. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out frost giants aren't good. Uh, aren't good leaders. Not very diplomatically inclined, more like. Yeah. 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 So, as the frost giants, and then the last thing which I remember was sort of what the climax ended on were the hordes of fucking undead. Oh my god! Oh my god! Sweet. So, Kevin, explain why there are hordes of undead up in the north, and why it made total sense to have a house lord who cultists as your father. That's, that's perfect. <laughs> It's the perfect research. Uh, you know, uh, we we built a Kick University. Kick Wait, University. was she the motherfucker that started that shit? No, no, they okay. were all there already. Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah, they were yeah. definitely all there already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I I think lore wise, that the North has just always been filled with undead for as far back yeah. as anyone remembers. They were just like crossing over the barrier mountains and stuff yeah. like that. So, so if I remember, because like I think especially in the West, someone. Yeah. It was Willie Necris was bringing back just like more and more undead. Yeah. Especially and there's like this whole river, like the Blackwater or whatever. Yeah. Just filled uh, with undead. It was actually called the Pisswater. Oh, no, yeah. Or, yeah right. Because that's where we put like our sewage system to run yeah. to. <laughs> so all, of the, all of the undead who are like in like the riverbed or whatever were just like drowning in piss. Yeah. I think I made that joke too. That, when we yeah. actually did it. Because we did like we did make our like our sewer system run off that way. This, this yeah. part of the campaign was like also heavily based off of like military, like the actual yeah. like military rules for for uh, Kingmaker. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, basically at this point the party had established Dordor. They was Sybil Vallis Velos. Velos, yeah. And there was one other place up north that I cannot for the life of me remember its name, but that's it not was important. it was near the dwarven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I totally forgot, Dylan. You like didn't even mention like that uh, the lost city or whatever. Oh shit! Like, yeah, technologically with oh, like Oh god, party. I totally oh, forgot yeah. about this. Yeah, yeah. So, so the party because like uh, TLDR gods fought a long time ago in the setting. The party like yeah. unearthed like a pod with a chick in it who belong. Oh, originally it was a dude. The party was like, "Why can't it be a chick?" And we're like, "All right, fine." Yeah. <laughs> and she was a worshiper of Grittix from like the oh old my god, world. oh god, yeah, yeah, is yeah. like chaotic evil god of like science, murder, war, and slaughter, and yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. Not not great. not a great dude. So the party. <laughs> So that's where so that's where they formed their arena because I think they even specifically got bonuses for setting their arena there. Yeah, yeah like yeah, setting it up as a te- uh, like as an arena slash temple of Gretix was the way you sold us as a discount on building it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we were and you're like, are you sure? How did this go wrong? It was incredibly go wrong. Yeah, a lot of stuff went yeah. wrong. That was a lot of bad choices. Oh man, <laughs> bad decisions yeah. were made. It's like I feel like that's one of those things that you should immediately turn around and be like, "This is a bad idea. We shouldn't do this." I'm pretty sure Kofu was was saying that the entire time. <laughs> that's probably yeah. true. But then and then Geralt is just not smart, and he was just like, "Ah, what?" Uh, yeah, Geralt like his approval rating was. <laughs> not it, it started out high, and it just went down from there. It never went back up. So yeah. 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 So 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 that happened. I don't think it, that actually blew up as bad as it could have compared to everything else. But well, yeah, yeah. Long, long, term, reper- long term repercussions for the setting aside, for uh, the three party members, that was cool. Yeah, it um, was pretty cool. The big so back with the undead though. So as they continue to grow as a civilization, uh, the armies of the dead were piled up in the west, who are getting ready to take their shit. Yeah. And from what I remember at some point is that the party raised a couple of armies, 
launched a massive attack against the undead and got yeah. fucking destroyed. Yeah. yeah. Pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. And and then the eventually I distinctly remember there being a uh, bone tower that we fought on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was sick. So so, was so, awesome. so 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 part two. So they eventually raised more armies. I think that like fucked their resources pretty hard. By that point, it's like, well, I don't want to die, so army time. Yeah, it's uh, die or deal with the undead. Raising armies wasn't that bad economically. Up it was just the, time consumed. Uh, or, up. It was time consuming, right? Upkeeping the armies was really expensive, though. That that was yeah. true. So if the army died, you did, you lost the uh, penalty of having an army. Yeah. So it was kind of like a win-win. <laughs> yeah, except for all the deal dead with the death. undead, also lose the army upkeep. So yeah, so- we got pushed back super hard. We defended ourselves at Piss River, though. Yeah. Like I remember, the river was super like instrumental in like holding off the armies. Uh, like after we got wrecked when we pushed yeah. past it. Because I think it gave you guys a defensive boost if you sat up there. Yeah. I think so. Because yeah. we choke pointed them down. And Kane was making magic weapons for the army and yeah. things like that. Yeah, man. The, the try to fucking the, artificer rules. Fucking KS uh, artificer like bloodline showing. Yeah. like just Because Pathfinder 1 basically gave zero penalty for actually like crafting. Like, yeah. The only penalty was time in a campaign where the party had months of downtime. Kane was basically just like a walking magic robot, like covered in, in the economy. Like all of his weapons were funded by the economy of the of the city. Like yeah. he, like, as a character, he didn't have to pay for it, right? Pretty much, yeah. He always tapped into the funds to get some uh, bonuses. He was also doing the thing where it's like, "Hey guys, I'll make this thing for you for a discount, but it's still not like base Free. price." Yeah. yeah. So so everyone wins, but especially Kane's uh Kane's pockets. Classic. So then I remember after the undead hordes were defeated, you guys fought I forget who was so Necris was a sword that was raising the undead that was part of a like yeah. seven part lich phylactery. So, yeah, exactly. So it was a black blade, right? It was yeah, a, well, yeah, oh yeah, because because Kane was a black blade. Because Kane had another black blade. So Kane had Xanth, which was its own black blade, and then yeah. there was this guy who also had a black blade, Necris, and Dylan was kind of setting up like this rivalry, you gotta fuck on this guy like thing, so. And it, surely it did. Surely there was some fucking on. Yeah. For sure. So uh, Didn't like, Kane take Necris? Yeah, he did. Yep. Yeah, he took it from him. Yeah, because yeah. you, guys, you guys fought him on a giant, like, animated tower of bone that was falling apart as you guys fought on dead on top of it. Yeah, and Necris Which was, was really a dope-ass fight. That was a fun fight. Yeah, I, I, I wrote that fight pretty well. Also, fun fact: if you if uh, Ex Caliber is canon with the loosest air quotes possible, and the Farline timeline, that's where the concept of blades came from. They're derived uh, from black blades. Oh, makes sense. Yep. Yeah, within within the canon of like Farline, Necris is actually like a top tier artifact with the ability to control undead and like a yep. divine conduit to Nazario. Yeah. We haven't seen it in a while, which is worrying. <laughs> someone someone has it. Yeah. Someone Maybe Kane still has it. No, okay. It's like that moment where everybody looks around and it's like, you guys remember that uh, magic sword that controls undead? No. What did I ever get off to? Yeah. I mean, the setting is definitely building for World War One, and it's going to be awful for everyone yeah. involved. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 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 the only way I see it ending is that Farline World War, like post World War One, is going to be basically Farline Mad Max. <laughs> Because it's not going to be good. But anyway, so end of Sardonia 1, they repelled the undead. They managed to make Dorder and company into a... They basically kind of turned Sardonia into a nation after they married in with the Frost Giants. I mean, that was the goal all along. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, that was Wolfen's... Or that was Geralt's goal all along. Yep. Uh, And then things are pretty chill. And I think that's then pretty much it. Then they weren't. Then they weren't. All right, and that's pretty much the end of Sardonia One. Let's go through what uh, what's everyone's favorite moment from Sardonia One. All right, uh, I'm going to say honestly, this is probably the thing that's going to get chosen again. But Tom's awful rules are just fucking beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Like to this yeah. day, that's the thing that sticks out for me. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's got to be that. It's definitely. Like if I if I think about Sardonia one and what the highlight of it is, it's Tom's god awful rolls and chain smoking, 
Mm-hmm. That's what I always go back to. As much as Tom like feels the pain, deep pain. <laughs> Just wait till we start doing stronghold rolls. It's a yoga too. It's a deep hurt. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Crawling in my skin. These words they will not. Are, are we recording right now? We are, we are, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> That's, that's staying in, I think. I'm pretty sure it's okay. staying in. All right. Okay. So we were originally going to do this as uh, both Sardonia 1 and 2 in the same podcast, but we ended up talking quite a bit. So we're going as, to... As one is want to do. We're going to end this, and then for Sardonia Part 2, which is a separate campaign, we will pick it up on the next episode. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, you can find us at Salt in Sorcery on Twitch. Uh, you can Google, yeah. You can look Salt and Sorcery on YouTube's. Uh, we got some Twitters, if you want to Twitters. Uh, some Twatters. Halbernock, H-A-L-B-E-R-N-A-C-H-T at the Twitters. They don't don't follow show. that guy. Don't follow that guy. Follow, follow me, Last Rakshasa, for hot anime art every day. <laughs> Not every day, but like every once a month. Every, every three to six months. months. If you're lucky. I don't draw fast. Uh, you can follow me at your local newspaper. Yep. Support your local PBS kids. <laughs> Always. Yep. NPR. Someone, someone has to. Yeah. NPR, yeah. Thank you. Thank you as always. Uh Braxton's got a stream at Bukura with an underscore. Yep. Yeah. And Twitch. Yeah. And Twitch. Yep. Maybe maybe he'll you guys will do uh Total War again for the uh three kings total war. That'd be cool. Uh yeah. Someday. Uh I just think I got really busy. I got incredibly busy. Um, but we should go back and play some Total War. I don't know if Braxton got the DLC or not. I didn't. I didn't is it even out? Is it? <laughs> Wait, the 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 new The Eight Princes? Yeah, it came out. Oh, okay. Cool. I've been lusting after that game for a long time. Cool. I just don't have the money to spend on it so classic <laughs> yeah, that's very you especially after Jim gone matt do you want to show anything before we sign off no shilling all right bye i, 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 <laughs> I lurk i lurk on the twitter mostly retweeting uh raccoon raccoon means raccoon means in privateer press tweets so as we're ending i'll uh i'll go ahead and start a story so there I was barbecue sauce on my nipples bye, bye. 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 bye.